Welcome to Justifying the F-Word, everybody, where we discuss all things on how to live your best life. And the F-Word, standing for your 40s and 50s. Does it, Megan? Does it really? Yeah, I mean, we have some 20-year-old listeners, so, you know, but it gives a good ring, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or at least scares everybody off, one of the two. Yeah, they're like, what is that? But, I mean, it it caught your attention. You're here. You're listening, right? And thank you once again. We had a phenomenal download week. We really appreciate everybody downloading. We appreciate everybody sharing. That's what keeps the ship afloat. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. So if you've heard anything that you like, please pass it along. We greatly appreciate that, and the reviews have been phenomenal, too. So thank you all that have taken time to review our podcast and put your two cents behind it. So that means a lot. So uh, big week this week. Big week. It finally, the heavens broke loose, and we've been living this uh, dry mountain life with no snow. Yeah, so for those tuning in, we live probably about 10 minutes from a ski resort, and so... You know, it's a big deal when it snows. Yeah, and also, the ski resort aside, I need to get in the freaking holiday spirit. Yeah. And the lack of the white goodness. Scrooge over there. Scrooge, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, it's not coming down, so I can't throw up my windows and say, hey, boy, is the Christmas goose still in the window, right? Because there's no (laughs) snow. Yeah, so let's talk about it. I mean, we we talked about recap. Yeah. It it snowed this week. It did. So uh, really excited about that. Uh, The resorts here have been struggling, and they pretty much all, most of them opened up. And uh, I took my kids to Park City, or actually the Canyons. Yeah, Yeah, two of them. Our one is working at a ski resort. But uh, took the the two younger kids up there, and we made turns. And even though it was crowded and all of that, it was soft. It was good. It wasn't icy like it normally is this time of year and uh, gave me uh, re, um, re-established my faith in humanity and the ski season. So it was great to get out and make turns again. Loved it. Yeah. So I usually am up skiing, but this year is my hiatus of skiing to just work on recovering. So well, you'll be working that lodge. Yeah, I'm going to be working the lodge, like, really hard. Yeah, you'll probably have a book by the fire. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so this week, my recap is um, our oldest had a birthday. So we do a mom day or a dad day. So we pull them out of school, and they kind of pick the activities within reason. So it was fun. We went to breakfast, and I got extorted into shopping and probably way more out of their birthday than usual. But always my favorite is like mom daughter day. Yeah. And you know, you can never beat one on one time with your kids. For sure. Like I said, that's an episode into itself, but it's just great to have that time. Yeah. So, um, I, and then the nutcracker go every year. Um, Quinn, Quinn does not, it's, it's a girl activity, not because Quinn had to go. Okay. Can I hit rewind there for a second? Yeah. Okay. As, as a young child, as a young lad, my mom made the point of making sure I was cultured. Yeah. And took me to the Nutcracker every single year. So I absolutely love the music. I think Tchaikovsky's a genius, yeah. all of that. But uh, I've decided that our boy will go and he will experience it, but not to subject it to him at a very young age. So usually he and I go to the Nickelcade or something together, but unfortunately he had a birthday party, so I just went to the gym. <laughs> yeah, what was what was the part of the Nutcracker you perked up 
every year oh, when you had I to go. Always, I like the saucy ladies doing the Arabian yeah. dance. Yeah, that, that was always, that was what he looked forward to. That was always as every a, year. as an as a nine year old boy <laughs> sitting there going, "Is this ever going to end?" I like the guns of the toy soldiers. Yeah, and I really like the Arabian part. Going, hey now, hey now, hey, now look that, at that yeah, move. Check hey, it out. I, I can get behind this. this yeah, this is solid. This is solid. So uh, with it snowing, probably the greatest thing about this is, so we have a rule in our house that you can't listen to Christmas music till at least the week of Thanksgiving. And that's yes. Megan's impression. That's mine because I feel like you can overdo it. Yeah. But for, for my money, it doesn't get better than when Andy Williams, the Moon River crooner, mm. starts busting out. And when he sings, it's the most happiest, fabulous time of the year. Yeah. Well. I I do agree that it is amazing. Yeah, don't don't you be dogging on my Andy but Williams. I feel like what rings in the Christmas season every year. Oh, is if Bart, you say Kenny G, you no, just walk. No, 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 you, no. you walk no. your white trash self out of the studio, <laughs> and you say you're sorry and go apologize to our children. I don't think Kenny G is white trash, but okay. nothing rings in the season more. And hopefully, I'm going to ask permission this week to share. But our neighbor. Becky Flitton, she sends out this Christmas card. And every year, it's amazing. There's two that come. Huge creativity. And it may or may not have been delivered today on our doorstep. And it's amazing. Their first one created their whole family into Simpson characters. Genius. And the second one is she's wearing a Victorian princess outfit. Yes. And it is amazing. Every <laughs> Fabulous. Year, every year it's themed and it goes back. So I'm going to reach out, um, go to our Instagram page. So hopefully um, we can get Becky to let me share because it's so good and it rings it. And my, our kids look forward to it every year. You may have to share the spreading the Christmas joy. Yes. yes. There was one. of it is. It's like there's the family card and then just... Becky and it is always themed and it is amazing. So And it's so unapologetic. It's just yeah, perfect. Yeah. It's everything that we talk about here is that she, she she's unapologetic and she is hilarious and she spreads that cheer to yes, everyone. She does. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to last week episode 8 um, it, it was, we talked about don't be an asshole. Watch your language, yes, young lady. watch it. I'm going to have to ma- wash my mouth out. You wash that. Yeah, so make sure that you go back, um, listen to this episode, but also go back and listen. These two episodes go hand in hand. They're piggyback. It was one that, once we re- reach about an hour, I mean, I know we're amazing, but it might- So good. It might be a little bit too much, Megan and Quinn. It's, it's like it's like hot butter being poured into your ear. Yes. Why would you put butter in your ear? I don't know. I'm just, it's more for the graphical reference. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So yes. So make sure that you go back and, um, and to listen to that. Yeah. Because it absolutely goes hand in hand with what we're going to talk about today and to kind of kick today's episode off before we reveal what we're going to talk about. The big reveal. The big reveal is I want to talk about bandwidth. Yeah. Okay, this isn't how wide your maybe marching band is, is this, going down is the this street. this if you have a band member that just over eight and the width of your band? Or it could be a uh, resistance band. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get into what I call those, but... Yes, we won't. That's for another episode. <laughs> but we're going to talk about bandwidth. And I think everybody that lives in a house with people 
experiences teenagers teenagers especially when, when you try and like you're like hey i'd just like to hop on my phone and look at something and you're hooked up to the internet but everybody in your house is streaming something and then all of a sudden you can't even like watch a small youtube clip and it's buffering and it's because you only have so much bandwidth going into your home there's only so much that can be occupied and then it starts to collapse and why I'm drawing that reference is number one, A, everybody's gone through that. But number two, in your life, you only have so much bandwidth, meaning that if you start to care too much about other people, what other people think about you, and things that don't affect you, the bandwidth that is left over for you to use is so minimal that you're just essentially existing or surviving. So, Megan, why don't you talk about what we're going to talk about today and introduce Ooh, the episode. The big reveal. So, Ooh. episode nine is called Stay in Your Freaking Lane. Mm. Boom. Mic drop. So, stay in your lane. This is minding your own business and not veering into to others' affairs. So, to focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't. And I think also a part of that is um, let other people take responsibilities for their own thoughts and actions because, I mean, really, that's you're using your bandwidth for things that don't matter. Can you expand, Mag- Megan, on um, you said focus on what you can control. What do you What do you mean by that? So what you can control is things that are in, I mean, it's, yourself. It is your small unit of people that are in your life. Um, Those are the things that you can control, but really when it boils down to it, it's you, you alone. Okay. So you're saying you personally, your sphere of influence, that's what you can control. What are some examples of what you can't control? Um, Other people. You Mm. can't, you can't control how people are going to act, their actions. Um, you can try, but it, it's not. When it boils down to, it is only going to be you. And I, I'd like to also just interject into that is you can't control what they're going to do. For sure. But you can control what you're going to do. For sure. And I think a great example of this, um, we were, it was, was it was it New Year's Day or was it Christmas Day? I don't remember. I don't know. It was either, maybe it was, it was either New Year's Day or Christmas Day. We, when we were living in California, we decided we were going somewhere up near Pasadena. Yeah. And, and no, we, we were, we were going down to Rodeo Drive. Oh yeah. Yeah. We wanted to take the kids to Rodeo Drive and kind so of So if you around. know, driving in California is slightly insanity, like and with if, all the changes and. And if you haven't been to Rodeo Drive, it's a uh, really nice street and kind of a dump. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. Giant disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> but but it, we were like, we're gonna do this. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, got all the girls geeked up about it, and it was like, dun, 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 dun. yeah. So anyway, we're driving there, and all of a sudden, I look, I I look out of my like passenger side window. I'm driving, but I look out the passenger side window, and I see this car merge in the traffic and slam into the car next to it. They were obviously drunk. Yeah. And they slammed that car, and then they went over and hit the jersey barrier or the concrete median 
busted off everything and just kept hitting people. They were yeah, obviously it was, it was just like tanked ping, beyond belief. And it was like a ping ping pong ball going side to side, veering lane to lane. And we were like, what is happening? And yeah. it was terrifying. Yeah, it was actually. terrifying. And it was one of those like 911 calls. You know, we called the police. We're like, uh, you got to get somebody off yeah, the road. And they're like, like we've <laughs> already gotten like 30 calls about this, this car. So the interesting thing about this is... I want to think, I want you guys to think about your lives and I want to think about you being in the driver's seat. So Megan mentioned before about minding your own business. So I want you to focus on, you are the one driving. You're the driver, nobody else. So you control no one else, how you drive, right? And you control if you're going to be smashing into other people. I would say almost driving wild because, I mean, obviously this situation that we, we witnessed on the freeway was, wasn't a very effective way of driving. You know, they, they were veering in every lane, hitting everything. And, you know, the end result, I mean, look at the car at the end. Yeah, it was destroyed. It was destroyed, and, you and, know? And this was a perfect example of somebody not staying in their lane. But I think I'd like to go a step further on that and talk about you being the one behind the driver's seat. Because I think the first and foremost thing is taking responsibility for your life. And I, I can even, you know, a good example of this would be in my 20s and 30s, in my early career, I was really almost hoping, I think, to a degree that somebody else was going to drive for me. Yeah, almost where they would come knock at the door and say, hey, I yeah. have this this and, and I mean this in a thing for you. Yeah, I mean this yeah. in a professional sense. Yeah. I feel like I was doing a great job driving and I was in my own lane in a personal way. But, but you were tr almost trying to lasso yourself yeah. to someone and, else. And, you know, so it would be, you know, I would have hang out with people that were wildly successful and I would be like, Oh, they're going to give me a break. They're going to give me an opportunity. And at that point I was, I was sitting there saying my, you know, my, my future depends on somebody else taking the wheel. And I had really missed the fact that my future really depended on me taking the wheel and staying in my own lane and me hitting the accelerator, not trying to rely on somebody else to do it for me. For sure. And so the one of the biggest things to stay in your lane, the biggest secret to this, and we're going to dive in even deeper, is self-confidence. And so with that, I mean, we've all been on the vacation. So I'm going to use this analogy is, you know, definitely know that there's... Wait, are we going on vacation? I sure hope so. <laughs> I'm in, I'm yeah. in, I'm in. So you go on vacation and before there's the prep. And I know a lot of women out there, you're like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, bikini ready. I'm getting my spray tan, you know, all of this. And there's always a little bit of, you know, like lack of self-confidence of being like, okay, I'm going to be wearing a bathing suit. And I, I had an experience a few years ago where I showed up and at first, you know, it, we've all seen it at resorts that there's someone that you're like, um, they're, they have a little too much weight on them or too many roles for what they're wearing, you know, and almost looking at it of just being like, well, I can't believe they're wearing that. And for me, that was like not staying in my lane. That was jumping lanes and, and that where, now I have changed that narrative of saying, wow, that person has confidence. They're in their lane. Like them wearing that over there doesn't 
affect me whatsoever and it's making him happy. So go for it, you know, because it's, it's really has no effect in my daily life what that person's wearing. Yeah. And going back to bandwidth, like we talked about is you're enjoying your vacation. You're in this amazing tropical place, chillaxing by the pool or the ocean. You got blue water, hopefully. It's, yeah. yeah, sure hope so. Yeah, it's warm. It's amazing. Why would you dampen that effect? And I know it's sometimes it's human nature to criticize and it's human nature to walk outside of your lane. But why would you take up any of your bandwidth worrying or even criticizing what somebody else is wearing? Yeah, and I had that realization where I was I was sitting there with this lack of confidence just to be like, oh, I'm wearing a bathing suit and seeing this person. And it, 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 looking at it, I really envied them. And I was like, I want to be that because they over there, they're in their lane and they don't care what I think. They're not wearing that bathing suit. So Megan Brown is like, Hey, you look good. They're over there being like, this is what I want to wear. This is where I feel good. This is my lane. And so for me, it was a realization of like, get over it. Why am I so self-conscious about being in this bathing suit in front of people? It was because I was worried about everybody else and looking at this person being like, yeah, maybe, maybe they had a few extra roles, but they were owning, owning what they were doing. Well, and I, this goes back to, I remember I took our daughter, our oldest daughter to go see Santana. Yeah. We went to go see uh doobie bros and uh, Santana and Santana was ripping. And as I would say, it, he was, he was, it was a it. crunchy it group. Was, it was a crunchy group. It was dank. You know, Ew. it was, it was a good. Co- yeah, bro. Yeah. It was a great crunchy groove, bro. <laughs> and so anyway, I was working myself into a good hippie dance and my daughter kind of looked at me and I said, listen, I said, look around. I said, do you recognize anybody? She said, no. And I said, do you think anybody is going to care what you're doing here? Everybody's having a good time. She goes, yeah. And then she proceeded to dance the whole night and had a fantastic time. And we had a really good opportunity, a good life lesson of just saying, you know what? You could have sat there and been bored and worried about what everybody else was thinking. You could have veered outside your lane, but instead you took it all in and you absolutely enjoyed this. So a great example of what Megan was talking about in regards to like judging someone for what they were wearing is on the home front, you know, worrying about your friends, your families, or your neighbors on what they're doing, what they're buying, where they spend their time, or how they choose to live your lives. Once again, this comes down to bandwidth, and this comes down to you stepping outside of taking care of yourself and focusing on just worrying about what other people are doing. Yeah. And again, we don't want to come off as being preachy because everybody has been guilty of this hands up in the air right now. Like I have been, and I've seen it, um, when it, it it can become an obsession of people where almost it becomes like what somebody else is doing almost becomes somebody else's identity. Like that person spends all their time worrying about what someone else is doing. I mean, if you think about it, there's whole industries. You look at like reality TV and I, I'm not even going to name the name cause I don't want to degrade myself to that <laughs> degree, but there are certain families that everybody is so concerned and, and they're so judgy or all, all they worry about is what somebody else is doing in their lives and they lose track on it to where it almost becomes an identity. 
Yeah, it's totally. We're almost an obsession when it's it's your go to conversation, and, and that. And so, uh, Quinn, why don't you tell us a time that you were completely misunderstood? Like this is a great story of oh, yeah, dude. So and maybe hopefully <laughs> you guys can walk away and realize phrasing is everything. It's like on Archer. Are we yeah. doing phrasing? Phrasing. Are we doing phrasing? <laughs> so. Once again, I was misunderstood for not staying in my lane, which I was totally in my lane in this instance, but I was again phrasing. You'll get it when you hear misunderstood. the story. So we were first married and we were living in this apartment complex. And there was a guy there that I had met that was uh just about to get married. He had rented this apartment and they were gonna get married and his and his wife, or maybe his girlfriend lived with him and they were gonna get married. I don't remember. But anyway. He built a computer for us. We hit it off. Super nice dude. Well, I hadn't seen him probably in about three or four months. And uh, I ran into him. I think I was at the laundromat in our apartment complex. And I ran into him and I was like, hey, dude, I haven't seen you forever. What you been up to? And he's like, oh, man. He's like, life has just been so busy. Like, we've had so much going on. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, I, I And I think there was like some family drama like there was there was a bunch of stuff that he just unloaded unloaded everything like came down like really fast and i said man i said you know what it really sucks when your life gets heavy to which he responded dude she's lost weight and i was like what (laughs) and he goes yeah you just said it really sucks when your wife gets heavy. And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't. I said it really sucked. I said life. I, 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 I did not say your wife has gotten heavy. And consequently, she kind of had too. So it made it. Yeah, was a it, it was. Yeah. But it was one of those. That was the last time. I, I think every time he saw you, he flipped you off like in the apartment. Yeah, complex. Yeah, yeah. That was the last time we talked and his wife hated me and he hated me. And I said life. And so at that point, that's a perfect example of him thinking I had veered outside of my freaking lane. Yeah. And was Which you were, about. you were in your lane. But again, if our audience can learn anything phrasing. phrasing. I do believe um, there's a great Wilco song called Misunderstood. Yes. And that's exactly that was what, was what I was going through. But you know what? I really feel, though, there are some huge modern day examples yeah, what what of veering outside of your lane and 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 veering outside of your lane and things that are so far detached. I mean, it's one thing. It is human nature. And once again, I hope you know we are the stuff we talk about is all stuff we are trying to work on. It's all stuff we have been guilty about. So don't when we're when we're doing these episodes for I don't want you guys to think for one second that oh man they figured it out. No, this is there's we are trying to figure it out that that's the key and i will tell you this is like been like uh pulling off the blanket on on us and going oh dear there's stuff we need to work on and i think that there's a lot of things that is spotlighted you know we talked to if you go back and listen to last episode was there's been so many aha moments for me and i was just even telling quinn we were driving up before we recorded to pick up our daughter from work and i said the biggest thing I've learned from this podcast is about being intentional. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, for sure. So anyway, sorry about that sidebar. Sidebar. One of the biggest things about veering outside of your lane, and this has 
once again, nothing to do with you. And the craziest thing is it's usually about people that you have no sort of relationship with is internet trolling. For sure. And posting negative comments on people's pages or engaging in like ridiculous banter with complete strangers. Yeah. And so I see this all the time. I, again, I told you about trying to be intentional. The people that I follow, I follow quite a few influencers on, you know, Instagram. I try to follow them because I want to gain something from them. Like, uh, they're an influencer. Total like uh, Amazon dress hacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, but no, it's either like if it has to do with fashion, if it has to do with fitness, if it has to do, you know, life coaching, whatever. I follow these people and I've told Quinn multiple times, I cannot believe the amount of time that people will spend to leave these like super horrible comments where I, I always say to Quinn, I'm like, here's the deal. You follow them for a reason. Why not unfollow if it is something you don't agree with? They're not trying, you know, obviously they're putting themselves out there, but they're being themselves and you're just seeing a glimpse. And so if it's really not your jam, instead of using this bandwidth, why not just unfollow? And it always amazes me time after time, just this like, trolling. Yeah. And the other thing that I, that I feel is what do you hope to accomplish with negativity? And the only answer that keeps coming to mind is you're using it to justify an inadequacy in your own life. For sure. And I think that using that internet trolls, I think I've seen it where there's mom trolls. Like we're not even talking on the internet. Um, it is things that people are, they're projecting onto other people. It could be people in the workforce where it's in your office where they're way too into your business and they're not in their lane, but they're trolling where it's like, hey, you know, like I'm not affecting your daily life. Why is it that you're coming after me? Yeah, and, and I think also, um, obviously, like you mentioned, you have your internet trolls. You have the people maybe in your office that are coming after you for stuff that's completely unrelated to them. But I also think you have the opportunity within your sphere of influence. You know, we talk about that a lot, about the people you can affect. That if somebody starts coming at you wanting to talk about somebody else or something that is going to force you out of your lane, you have the opportunity to change the narrative and you have the opportunity to stay inside your lane. I know I have been guilty of this where I've been like, man, I can't believe so-and-so. And they're like, oh yeah, I'd rather not talk about that or whatever. And you feel stupid, right? And it's all of a sudden like you're that car in California that bounced into another car and it sent you back into your well, lane. Well, and I think that that person that is saying that is their they're in the driver's seat. They are controlling the narrative where I feel it. if you just sit back and you're like, oh, I'm going along with this, you are not the driver. You are not controlling the narrative in your life. And you are deciding to be in either that toxic relationship with someone or, you know, to toxic dialogue that has nothing to do with anything. So in our house, we say this all the time to our kids. Yeah, and this has been something that has really been the last couple of years. And this has been hashed out through discussions that Megan and I 
have had on trying to make decisions on what we're going to do, whether it be between the two of us, whether, you know, we've talked about like kid time, mom, dad time, friends and family time. And this has kind of been our barometer. And Megan, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So in our house, we use the saying uh, is, does it move the needle? So meaning it's you make decisions in your life or things that come into your life processing and moving through is it something that's going to move the needle in the right direction of growth or is it going to just keep you stagnant and not move or even into a negative uh, position and so we kind of use that as looking at that needle that's moving back and forth and that decision meet and we say it all the time to our kids like hey does it move the needle yeah and I, I, a huge way, and I guess probably the best metaphor that we use for this all the time, because we, we say, does it move the needle? And then secondly, we say, is it an efficient caloric burn? And for example, I play, my son has this battle star, star Wars game or whatever, where you, where you kind of can hunt each other. And I always get absolutely <laughs> roasted by him because I suck at video games. But all- I was going to say, we really, after, like Quinn, before we had kids, Quinn and I would play, the, the only game we ever figured out was how to play James Bond. Yes, one of our friends, for some reason, let us borrow his like Nintendo 64. He had it at our apartment because he moved somewhere and just needed somewhere it was to like, put it. Yeah, it was old school. It, so we learned how to like hunt each other. Yeah. And it was always the battle to see who got the the rocket launcher like yeah. you know because it was split screen i mean we're talking old school. yeah and there this got is to, like 20 years i, I ago. may or may not have called megan a dirty pirate hooker yeah after it, got, she... it got angry <laughs> but anyway but i think after that like yeah. there was no no video game that... so 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 going back to the video games especially when i play with my son i'll get moving and then i end up running into the wall and like I'm at a dead sprint running into the wall, staring at the ceiling. And that would be a perfect example of a non-efficient caloric burn. So let's let's break it down on a running sense and then Ooh. let's and then let's talk about You're talking my language. And then let's talk about, you know, as far as staying your in your lane, how that affects your caloric burn and what's what's efficient and what's non-efficient. Okay, so if you're tuning in first time. Uh, I've I've been good for a few episodes of not talking about running, but nerd. now I got excited. Well, nerd. Nerd. You can't run right now. I can't so. run. So now I'm getting really excited about talking about, but I am a running coach. And one of the first things that I work with athletes and even adults that are learning the mechanics of running. So the first thing, believe it or not, with runners is we work with their arms because your arms are what are going to drive the rest of your body. So you'll see people now running after you listen to this. And we we have it where if you cross your arms across your body, it is known as being very, like you're using way too much energy in your, your arm stroke. And that is not propelling you forward. It's not doing anything. But burning but inefficient burning, calories. Yes. And slowing you down. And slowing you down where the first thing um, is working, I've worked with sports teams, is we'll sit on the ground and I'm like, we're working on your arms. And they're like, but we're running. And I'm like, no, because we're going to work on you getting the correct form so you're using your caloric burn, your energy efficiently. So you're not worrying about your legs, anything else. It's that running mechanic that is going to propel you forward and not burning all this like inefficiency 
Yeah, and I mean, it can, you can break it down to posture. Posture, you know, if you're everything. Slumped forward. Yeah, you don't get as much oxygen. If you clench your jaw, that automatically uh, attacks your back muscles and locks them up, and slows you down. So, Megan, how? What are some examples that you've seen of inefficient caloric burn? I. I think, so taking that same analogy of, you know, kind of the mechanics in that is, I think it is, you know, let, let's say in your, your neighborhood or in wherever your group of people is, someone makes a decision that is different than what you would, but you're spending all this time talking, thinking, processing, maybe even talking to that person about it, but it's not harming the person but you're using all of this caloric burn, this energy, your time on something, again, that does not move the needle. It's not going to do anything in your life to move that needle and most likely not going to move that other person's needle besides maybe push them further away because it's something you're uncomfortable with. Yeah, I, I think a perfect example, and we've referenced this before, but of an inefficient caloric burn of swinging your arms across your body when you're running is you look at politics. For sure. And you look at it and people will become incensed. Um, they will be passionate. They will be over the top where they care more about it than anything else in their entire life. And, the, and I think over over friends, family, like kindness, kindness, kindness. Yeah. yeah, all of that. And it doesn't matter what, what side you're on, but both people can get sunk into it where all of a sudden you've spent so much bandwidth and so much inefficient caloric burn that you've actually hit yourself, hurt yourself, I should say. So really when it comes to efficient caloric burn, and if we're using this with running is you set the rules and the pace. Yeah, it's like getting on a treadmill and setting your speed and staying there and working efficiently at that speed. Yeah, I mean, you're you're the one who's going to determine that. And the other thing I think it's really important, and this goes to go with uh, staying in your lane, is you also have to understand that other people's lanes Necessar don't necessarily have to be your belief system. Because remember, your belief system, how your your morals, your uh your goals, your uh political views, political views, religious views, all of that are typically are environmentally formed based off of how you were raised. So it's not your job to tell somebody else they're wrong. And I think too is don't get in the mentality of thinking that everybody is a copy and paste like mm. on your computer is we are, everybody is created to be different. So people are going to deviate from your lane and that is okay because we're not made to just be copy and paste and reproduce the same exact person over and over because then you're going to wake up again and be like, who am I? I, I, I'm, I formed who I am based off of everybody else that's out there, you know, around me, my environment. Yeah. And I, I also would like to say that you can never reach what you want to achieve if you're not in your lane. For sure. So if you, it, it's kind of like if you're driving and you can't reach that destination, if you're driving and you don't, you know, 
you're not in your lane, but you're just keep stopping and you're chucking rocks at barking dogs, right? So you're on the highway and you're like, oh, barking dog, I got to stop and chuck a rock because you don't agree with it. You're like, oh, I want them to stop. So you stop. You're not going to achieve your goals because you're more concerned with this little thing over here that might not be your thing. Yeah. The one thing that I, well, I find it fascinating. You, you mentioned barking dogs. And I find it fascinating that your decision-making, right, the more you are judgmental about others and how they make their decision-making, the more you veer outside your lane, I really feel the more you allow other people's opinions, too, to affect your decisions. For sure. And I think that when you start using that as your needle, right, um, if you're using decision-making based on other people's opinions, that's how you make your decision. I think that it kills all of your creativity. Again, that copy and paste. So if you're just well, using can, their opinion to do it. Can I interject? I think you look at kids, for example. You just said kills creativity. Yeah. You look at a kid. Every kid loves to draw. Yeah. Most people, most kids don't stop drawing till somebody makes fun of them and says that picture looks stupid or you're a terrible drawer. Yeah. Even though they love it, they stop doing it because they allow somebody who veered outside of their lane to kill their creativity. Yeah. And we've seen that time and time again where our kids will be into something and then they let someone else form their opinion because of some comment that really didn't matter. Like, you know, they, they love to draw. Keep drawing. Or it's like our oldest daughter, when she was in kindergarten, all she wanted was light up sketchers. Oh, yeah. It was the end of the world. That was what she wanted for back to school. Light up sketchers. Couldn't be more excited. Wore them one day. One kid made fun of them, and that was it. Yeah. Even and, though she loved them and wore them around the house before, she let one person's opinion affect those light up sketchers. Yeah, for for sure. Um, so you will never reach your destination again. Remember, if you are spending that time and you are making those decisions based on other lane, because then at that point, if you are looking at everybody's opinion, you are no different than that drunk driver driving wild because you're like, I don't know what lane I want to be in. Maybe I'm over here. Oh, I'm going to hit this barrier. Okay, I'm going to bounce back because you, you're using that as your guide to make all of those decisions. Yeah, and the other thing is, don't base your decisions on the advice of others who don't have to deal with the results. You know, we talked about being an asshole in our last episode, and we talked about making sure that you go to somebody who knows what they're talking about, but don't let somebody outside of your lane decide, don't hand them over the wheel and say, you drive for me for a while, because they don't have to deal with the results. They may talk you out of doing something that could be life-changing. Oh, I love that. So initially saying that if you're using everybody's opinion, at the end of the day, those results are yours alone. Yeah, you're the only one. That's like if if you, not that any of us ever had this ever happen, right? But like, let's say you're in college and everybody's like, oh, let's skip class, right? And or Never or, happened. Or no, let's say. Let's Just say, kidding. I had to meet with the dean. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think this, a perfect example is I, uh, I did a ton of, uh, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but fault mapping using a, uh, 
machine that measured gravity, a gravinometer, I believe it was called. Is yeah. this nerd time? <laughs> this is nerd time. Nerd time. But I'm not even going to get into it, but we found some really cool faults that were awesome. But but all my friends, they they worked at night and got off late, and I went to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. And so we would hang out super late, and them having me stay up late and going, oh, dude, stay up late, stay up late, it'd be super fun, let's hang out. It didn't affect them when they were asleep the next morning, but it sure affected me. You felt it all. The thing you need to know about Quinn is even when I met him in college, he was like a nine o'clocker going to bed. Mm. Yeah. Like it's not, our kids are always like, when did this happen? I'm like, dad has always been a morning person. Like always, always, always. I say I respect the sanctity of sleep and being (laughs) tired sucks. (laughs) So um, once again, Going back to what we keep talking about, about bandwidth and does it move the needle and efficient caloric burn is you can never achieve what you want to unless you're in your lane and don't let anybody else affect it. Yeah. And if others are veering out of your lane, why do you care? Like it's one of those that let's say you have people that are traveling in your lane. You kind of have the same thing going on. They veer outside of your lane. They have their probably maybe their reasons for it. But why do you care so much of what someone else is doing? Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good barometer to have is are are you staying in your lane is to ask yourself the question, why do you care? Now, if it's something that's hurting that person, let's say it's addiction or let's say they're going down a bad way, then you should care. Absolutely. For sure. But if it's something that doesn't affect you, then ask yourself, why do you care? So really... And, and to follow that up, I think to answer, I think a lot of times is because you don't understand. It, it's something that might make you uncomfortable because you don't have an understanding of why the person would do it. So it, it's one that if you really do want to know, then you need to be open to that. But it's, it, I think a lot of times is it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. So control the narrative, meaning why do you care? So, for example, why do you care how other people's families parent, right? Megan has a saying all the time, if our kids come home and say, oh, you know, their parents let them do this or that, we say, you know what, every family's different. Doesn't mean they're right. Doesn't mean we're wrong. Yeah, and it's almost like they'll do it sometimes to be like, well, this is weird. And I'm always like, I think it's great. We do things different here in our house. And probably people look at us and are like, they think it's weird that we do things a certain way. And I've really tried to look at that of stay in my lane. And I talked earlier um, in an episode about when my kids were younger about how I felt that I needed to be an everything mom, meaning I needed to be the crafty mom. I needed to be the mom that was baking things, you know, down on the ground playing Barbies. And I talked in um, one of our previous episodes about I am the mom that will go kick the soccer ball with you. I will go skiing um, and that, but I've never been the mom to craft is not my thing. And I remember just kind of beating myself up being like, well, I don't have this because this mom over here is doing this and almost that comparison game. And then one day I realized, wow, I, I am who I am. I bring a value to my kids and this parent over here brings a value. And so that is where I just started to change my narrative in my head of being so thankful for my tribe 
of people being different, of being thankful that there is the mom that is like, hey, does your kid want to come over and bake with my kid? Or do they want to do this craft project? I was so grateful because that's not my lane and I'm staying in my lane, but I also bring a value to their kids and realize that, hey, I'm going to own what I am and I'm not going to try to be anything I'm not. Yeah. So instead of judging them on what they're doing or trying or you feeling inadequate, you were able to look at the value of saying, hey, they have their strengths. I have my strengths. I'm in my lane. They're in my lane. Guess what? We can share. And I think if you get too far outside of your lane, it comes with a cost, meaning you start to worry so much about others and things you can't affect that it eventually hurts yourself as well as those you love. For sure. And it, let's talk about that. How how can it hurt yourself, Quinn? It absolutely can hurt yourself because you can sit there and you could say, I have these goals that I want to accomplish. Let's say it's a career. But you sit there and say, I can't get here because I wasn't given X opportunity. So you might stay in a job longer than you should just because you want to blame it on everybody else as opposed to yourself. Or you want to sit there and say, well, this person just has it out for me. Yeah. And all you want to do is talk about that person and how they are trying to drag you down when literally that person could probably care less about They're you. not thinking twice no. probably about you, but you're using your caloric burn on that person. Yeah. And so you're absolutely just wasting your time, but it's hurt like, or and I would say conversely too, if... I start to worry too much about what everybody else is doing. Then it comes to the detriment of my family. If I'm sitting there saying, I can't believe how these neighbors, you know, parent their kids, or I can't believe they're buying this for their kids or blah, 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 blah. And I, that's what I want to talk about. And that's what I want to focus my energy on. Then it hurts my own children because instead of me expending my energy with them, I'm expending it talking about what I'm not doing and yeah. almost covering up my own inadequacies. Yeah. And, and going back to that, that doesn't move the needle with your kids sitting there and that shame game or spending all that energy on what other people are doing. You could be taking that and harnessing that, that energy, that caloric burn and putting it back into your family, your kids, your relationships, your work you know, whatever it is where you're going to take that caloric burn. So ask yourself, what is your net gain? Yeah, I think when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at any kind of lane changes, because I will say in life there is lane changes. Yeah, for so sure sometimes there is. you might be you might be tacked in and let's say you're in a terrible marriage. Let's say it's abusive and all that and you need to get a divorce. That is a serious lane change, right? But I think but you to have add, to ask. I was going to say, but to add to that is that lane change, make sure you are the one driving. For sure. And then ask yourself, what is your net gain? Like if you're in a terrible job and you don't like your job and a new opportunity comes up, well, what is your net gain? And also sometimes a new opportunity might just pop up and it might be new. It may not be better. Right. So ask yourself, does it move the needle? And what's your net gain coming out of this? And I think as far as staying in your lane and as far as getting a little bit older and maturing in this matter, it's given us the opportunity to um, impart these lessons to our kids 
So they're not making these mistakes and having to learn them as they get older like we did. And so Megan is really good at this and really works with our kids on this. And so Megan, why don't you just dive into a little bit about how you've taught our kids how to stay in the lane. Okay, so these are my two signature things that I try to talk to my kids all the time to the point where they will roll their eyes, but I'm hoping that it sticks. And so hopefully in just imparting this, and again, not perfect, and where it's always a process. But the first thing that I tell my kids all the time is you always play a part in every situation. Good and bad. Good and bad. Every situation. So instead of trying to go to others, like there's been situations, if you have little kids, you know, there's things that happen with kids. So instead of trying to go to others and try to be like to fix their kid, right? Because it's easy to point the finger and say, well, this happened, da, 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 is I've really tried. I had a friend one time say, try to work with your kids to work through it. And so I look at that and I sit down with my kids and I try um, and talk with them um, and, and kind of work through the process and to see what part they played. So that's the first part. What part do they play? Yeah, it's just like good or bad. Good or bad. It's like and I and I think a lot of times we dive in and we focus on the negative where there's a ton of positives on the part they played. Like for example, it's a great if your kid studies for a test and they come home with a good grade, it's incredible to point out to them and say, the reason why you got a great grade on this as opposed to your last test is you actually studied. You yeah, played a you part. Played in, a part. Or if they come home and say, oh, you know, it was my teacher's fault, blah, 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 blah. Our first question is, did you study? And as soon as they say well, no. Well, I think it's more of let's dissect it yeah. and see. I want you to, to think because only you know how much time you spent and tell me what part you played in that test. And usually it's like almost where I'm not giving the answer. It's sitting back and having them kind of work through the process of saying, okay, yeah, I played a part in this to realize, yeah, like that, that was my part that I played good or bad. Um, the second thing is, is how can you learn from that experience? Because every situation you go through good, bad, you play that part and what are you going to learn? So I've really tried to change sitting down with my kids in working through this and trying to give them the tools to navigate and not just, you know, going and pointing fingers and getting into other lanes. Because I look at it at the end of the day, my job as a mom to those little humans is one day they're going to leave. My hope is that they're going to be functioning adults. And part of that is so that they can look at it and say, okay, what part do I play? And what can I learn? How can I grow from this? And so entering the the workforce, hopefully one day that will that will be something that will stick. Also, relationships that they have in the future, for sure. And I think a one huge part of it too is just uh, the only person, like we talked about before, that can control your thoughts and your actions is yourself. You can't project like we we tell our kids all the time. You need to be kind. You can't project how others would act. You can't say, I want them to act that way. Yeah. Cause they'll come home and be like, I can't believe this person did this and da, 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 da. And you know, it's one that will be like, okay, well, I can see where your feelings are, but again, you can't project. So at the end of the day, 
The only thing that matters is decisions that you make. You might feel like you have every reason to get a pound of flesh from someone, but that does not mean at the end of the day, you get to decide what you get to do. Yeah. And the focus really, when it comes to being in your lane should be on you and you alone. For sure. That is the primary focus. And then you branch out from that, but really it's on you and you alone. So in conclusion, I want to talk about how to stay in your lane because we've talked a lot about veering out. We've talked a lot about, you know, recognizing your caloric burn, you know, recognizing if you're moving the needle, if your bandwidth is too full with other people. So the first thing I want everybody to do here, this is the action item, is in this day and age, everybody's got some noise canceling headphones. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> so first and foremost, put on those noise canceling headphones and tune out the world. So maybe grab a piece of paper and put on those proverbial headphones and write down what is my lane. And I and, and I want you to be 100% honest with yourself. I don't want you to say, what would someone else think? What would my parents think? What would my friends think? What would my neighbors think? What would my husband think? What would my wife think? What would my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever? Like sit down and write out like, what is my lane? Like, what is it that I truly love, value, and want to achieve? And then from there, I think the next step is look at it and say, go through that list and say, number one, is it moving the needle? For sure. And number two, is it an efficient caloric burn of my time? Yeah. And so to break down when you're making that list, I think one thing to keep in mind is to accept others and yourself. And I think yourself is even more important as they are. So looking at it and saying, okay, I see, I could see a neighbor or a coworker and they are so different from me. That's not your lane, but you're going to accept them. And I think also like Quinn said, is finding your lane is being able to accept your lane, to be honest with yourself. Again, that goes back to that efficient caloric burn of really in the long run is accepting yourself. You're going to cut out a lot of that background noise, that inefficient burn, because you're not going to be worried about as much of what's going on outside of it. And you're in your lane just being like, I'm my head's down. I'm driving. Maybe I'm listening to some good tunes. I mean, maybe some Eminem, you know, fist bumping. No, no. He's looking at me like, no, never. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll share a playlist with you all to hopefully uh, water down what Megan just said. Well, you got to understand, I love every type of music, but I do get made fun of about my love of Eminem. <laughs> so, so, well, I will say too, the other thing when you're making that list is... Do you check it twice? You check it twice. Is it naughty? I oh, hope so. So naughty. <laughs> so naughty. Is I want you just to write and not overthink it, okay? So sit down and write because what's gonna happen is self-doubt's gonna pop into your head. And, and I also think self-doubt, and I think you are going to, to, to like there's almost gonna be like people that are gonna pop into your head. That you think will automatically criticize whatever you're doing. So be honest, even if this is something that only you are going to take a look at because it's a learning, 
a learning curve. You know, you are learning to get into that driver's seat. I mean, we are just broaching that, teaching our teenager how to drive. And scary. It is scary. scary. Yeah, it is scary. And so it was one the first time we went out. I ended up in a church parking lot for an hour and a half going in circles, you know, and that, and that is okay because that is progress people. It's progress. Second, listen without judgment um, of yourself and of others. So, um, so stop the criticize, criticizing or trying to fix other people. So just tune that out and look at it and say, okay, I'm spending my time on things and judging others or criticizing things. Again, they're not going to move the needle. It's not going to bring you that happiness in your life. Yeah. And and as you're, like I said, you've got your list of things that you're wanting to work on to stay inside your lane and such, but make sure that as you are doing that, you are not veering outside of your lane and criticizing others that are doing the same thing that are trying to stay in their own lanes. And I know if there's something that is outside of the norm, if there's something that breaks from what you are comfortable with, it is natural curiosity to criticize. Curiosity might be the wrong word. I'd say it's human nature to criticize because you're uncomfortable with it. Again, like the person at the beach where you're like, I wouldn't choose to wear that bathing suit, but it's to look at it and say, good on them. They're in their lane. They're happy, you know, and realize it is stop criticizing. And the last thing on making this list that you're doing is remember you drive and no one else does. So take your, take responsibility for you. Yeah. And I think don't believe everything that is in your head. Because I think that a lot of times you can have that head game and look at it with that responsibility is, again, you can only affect you. And don't let that that head game get to you. Try to put those noise-canceling headphones on and to tune out the world and just focus on what lane that you want to be in that's going to bring that value to your life. Yeah, so in conclusion... In staying in your lane, just remember, practice self-awareness, really consider what's going on with you, focus on you, and just get rid of the distractions. Like, get rid of the stuff that's causing you to veer veer out of your lane. And I promise, this is something I've been trying to work on, this is something Megan's been trying to work on, and it's been dramatically great. It has yeah, really it's affected been... our lives in a, in, a, in a very positive way. Well, and I think, too, was... I think too, for me, being unapologetic and finding myself was, I felt like instead of worrying about trying to change people's opinion in their time is, I know my lane. I feel more confident at being 41 of what lane I'm in. And so this gives this time and this energy on my family, but not only my family, is to make an effort. Like this last two months, I've been really trying to either shout out, send messages, um, or reaching out and just thanking people for being unapologetically themselves and reaching out and, and doing that. Where before I was like, uh, maybe I'm uncomfortable with yeah. where they're at. I would say instead of instead of criticizing somebody, something that somebody's doing that's different, you're celebrating it. Yeah, celebrating and, and letting them know because I think there's a lot of times that it is scary. It is scary. I can tell you on this voyage, if you will, of really becoming unapologetically me 
is it's scary and everybody needs a helping hand along the way. So that is where for me, it's really kind of opened up that, that space to be able to do it because I'm not worried about, you know, getting in other people's lane and using my time, my caloric burn during my day on others where now I'm like, okay, I'm focused on me. Now I'm going to give it back. I'm going to reach out to other people and hopefully build them up and, and do the opposite, you know, kind of get in their lane with them and say, Hey, yeah, be a cheerleader. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely love that. Yeah. That is so good. Well, guys, we are going to wrap this up. Thank you guys. Is it like you wrapping a present? <laughs> is that what we're wrapping? Cause I'm so, kind of afraid. What, one last story. Yeah. Do we, do we got time for one last we story. We always okay. have time for a story. <laughs> so we were going to Spain when I was in high school. España. España. We we're going to Madrid for our Spanish class trip. And we were trying to earn money. And one of the girls in our class had a parent that worked at Kmart. And so she hooked us Do up. Do those exist anymore? I don't think they're around. Okay. I think, yeah, they're not around really anymore. But um, she hooked us up with this table where we could wrap gifts to oh, no. uh, to earn money and people could tip us. We'd wrap the gifts for free, but people would tip us and we could make money. And uh, after about the second present I wrapped, I do believe they said, hey, you know what, Quinn, we'll just split this up. Uh, if you could just kind of cut bows and stuff and peel the, <laughs> well, peel, the uh, peel the stickiness off the stickers. And that is why I actually have my kids wrap all my Christmas. Yeah. I, I was going to say before they were old enough, I would look at the tree and I'm like, huh, looks like a two year old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so and you did get them. mad at me. I think our first Christmas, they wrapped everything in newspaper. Cause I was like, Hey, that seems no, to I, me. I think a newspaper was a step up. I think you use like a grocery sack and just tied it in a bow <laughs> with like toilet paper in it. And I was like, it um, may, okay. Hey, it was paper towels. It was paper towels. Yes. All right. right. Well, we're going to bring it home. Uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in to episode nine of justifying the F word. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review, a comment, jump on our Facebook group, check us out on Instagram, and please, as always, share, stay in your lane, and be kind. Keep it classy.